Monday, March the 1st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Myanmar's army opens fire and Trump returns to the limelight. First, the world's in brief. Soldiers in Myanmar fired into crowds in several cities, killing at least 18 people, according to the UN Human Rights Office. It was the bloodiest day since protests against a military coup started. The army had been refraining from using deadly force on a mass scale to crush the movement, as it did in previous pro-democracy protests in 1988 and 2007, when thousands were killed. Hong Kong charged 47 pro-democracy campaigners with conspiracy to commit subversion under the territory's new national security law. It is the largest single crackdown against the opposition under the new law to date. All of those charged were among the 55 people arrested last month for organising an unofficial primary in July. If convicted, they could face life imprisonment. Iran rejected an offer to hold talks with the Biden administration, which was aimed at reviving a multilateral nuclear deal from which America withdrew in 2018. Iran, which has ramped up its nuclear program since then, said that sanctions against it must be lifted before any dialogue can take place. In his first major appearance since leaving the White House six weeks ago, Donald Trump brushed aside suggestions he might form a new party. After all, we have the Republican Party, and hinted at another presidential run in 2024. Mr Trump also berated congressional Republicans who voted to impeach him and warned that the new Democratic administration would usher in communism. A second former aide accused Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, of sexual harassment. She told the New York Times that he had asked her inappropriate questions in his office last spring. Earlier this week, another former aide accused him of unwanted touching in 2018. Mr Cuomo denied that while offering a qualified apology. The state's attorney general is organising an inquiry. America's Food and Drug Administration granted emergency authorization to a third vaccine, a jab developed by Johnson & Johnson. Although the J&J vaccine is not as effective as those developed by Pfizer and Moderna, it requires only a single dose, is easier to store, and adds another badly needed source of supply. And Danon said it would convert its indirect stake in China Mungnio Dairy Company into a direct one, the first step towards a sale of its holding. The French food group is under pressure from investors, it plans to use the proceeds from selling its stake, which may be worth more than $1 billion, to buy back its own shares. And now, here's today's agenda. Caught in a tech war. Huawei's CFO in court. Today, Meng Wanzhou, the chief financial officer of Huawei, a Chinese telecom giant, and the daughter of its founder, Ron Zenfei, will appear before a Canadian court. It will consider whether Miss Meng, who was arrested at Vancouver's airport in 2018 and has been under house arrest since, should be extradited to America to face charges of evading American sanctions on Iran. The case is complicated by America's geopolitical campaign against Chinese technology generally and Huawei specifically. American officials accuse the firm, so far without evidence, of presenting a national security risk to any country that uses its products. In June, China charged a pair of Canadian citizens with espionage, an act widely seen as retaliation for Miss Meng's arrest. Huawei is also suing HSBC, a bank in Hong Kong, seeking access to documents that it hopes may improve Miss Meng's chances. A ruling on her extradition is due in May. Whatever happens, tensions over Huawei will persist. Pandemic politics. 
Argentina's presidential address. President Alberto Fernandez will deliver his annual State of the Nation address to Congress today under mounting criticism for his handling of COVID-19 vaccinations. Opinion polls show his government losing support following a scandal dubbed Vaccine VIP by the press. A secret team in the health ministry allegedly used the country's limited stock of Sputnik V COVID-19 vaccines from Russia to inoculate the government's allies in the media, business and trade unions. Mr Fernandez fired his health minister in response, but has been dismissive of lawsuits brought by the opposition. Midterm elections will be held this year, and polls show that corruption is a big issue. In his address, Mr Fernandez is expected to predict that the economy is on the road to recovery and to ask international creditors for patience as the country renegotiates its debts. The patience of voters will also be on his mind. Winter Wave COVID-19 in the Czech Republic Some of the most frightful scenes early in the pandemic came from places in Western Europe, such as Northern Italy. Now, Eastern Europe is bearing the brunt of a winter surge in infections, and nowhere more so than the Czech Republic. The country has the world's highest per capita infection rate, with 108 confirmed new cases for every 100,000 people. Only Gibraltar and Slovakia have a higher official mortality rate. The Czech authorities will today impose a tougher lockdown, but medics worry that the new measures are not enough. Workplaces such as factories will remain open, for example. The government stands accused of failing to impose unpopular but epidemiologically necessary steps because it is an election year. And some parts of the country are now desperately short of beds for COVID-19 patients because the Czech health minister was apparently too proud to ask neighbouring Germany, which has spare capacity, for help. Judgment Day The Sarkozy Verdict Ever since he left office in 2012, Nicolas Sarkozy has been caught up in judicial tangles. Today, France's ex-president will hear the verdict in a corruption and influence peddling case that went to trial last year, the first against him to reach the courts. Mr Sarkozy has been accused of offering, while president, to help a public prosecutor secure a job in return for leaking information about a separate criminal investigation. He has denied the charges. If found guilty, he could still appeal. Later in March, he is due to appear in court to face charges of exceeding party financing caps in a case known as Big Malian. Another party financing case involving allegations that Muammar Gaddafi, the former Libyan leader, helped to fund his presidential campaign in 2007 is also underway. Mr Sarkozy denies both of these accusations too. A handful of other cases against the former president have collapsed, but his problems are far from over. A VW-shaped recovery Turkey's GDP Turkey has many economic problems. Secular stagnation is not one of them. The chronic shortfall of spending that has bedraggled many rich world economies is notably absent in this highly cyclical emerging market. Policymakers have no trouble expanding credit, and expanded credit translates quickly into faster growth. Figures released today are expected to show that GDP in the last three months of 2020 was about 6-8% higher than a year earlier. That is even faster than many pre-pandemic forecasts for the same period. You might think that the finance minister who presided over this rebound would be a hero. In fact, Berat al-Bayrak resigned abruptly from the post in November. Turkey's pursuit of growth contributed to high inflation and a plunging currency. Mr Al-Bayrak tried to prop up the lira by depleting Turkey's foreign exchange reserves. The policy was a humiliating failure. 
Turkey has several economic strengths, an ample stash of reserves is not one. Finally, here's the quote of the day from George Herbert, who passed away on this day in 1633. He who cannot forgive breaks the bridge over which he himself must pass. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.